everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to do a brief episode on reading the Bible, why we should read it, and how to go about starting. pretty passionate about reading the Bible, but not in the way that sometimes you will experience Christianese people being passionate about it. I don't think that it's some magical formula that you will be able to discover God's perfect will for your life in it. I don't think that your day will go better just because you read scripture. I don't think that there is some kind of hidden blessing. I don't think there's hidden words of wisdom. None of that. There's all kinds of terrible reasons to read the Bible. And I'm not talking about those today. I just want to tell you guys why I think the Bible is very important for us as believers. And it astounds me how many people in our world within Christianity do not read the Bible for themselves. And we are willing to take what other people say about it as fact. So we're not going to read it for ourselves, but I will believe what so-and-so says about it or what this blog post over here says about it. And I just, coming from my experience in occultic Christianity, that is just dangerous. And so one of the first reasons that I think it's super important for all of us to be in the Bible and to know it for ourselves is because there are people out there, either with good motives or with bad motives, who are preaching falsely using the Bible. And if you are not reading it for yourself and you're not familiar with it for yourself, you are not going to know that what they're saying is fake, or that they are talking about a God who doesn't really exist. And so unless we are in God's word ourselves, we will not be able to just discern truth from lies. And not everybody out there using the Bible out of context is trying to win you over to the dark side. Some of them are. Some of them have ulterior motives and they're trying to gain power and control. Some of them are just misinformed themselves. But if you want to know the truth about who God is and about who we are as people, about salvation, about who he's been, the things he's done, you need to be in that Bible for yourself. Now, the Bible is our foundation for our faith. And it's one thing to be able to hear stuff from other teachers, which is great. But once again, if we're not knowing for sure this is truth, how are we going to know that for ourselves? And so when we can read the Bible for ourselves and understand this is the foundation of my faith, this is the God that I believe in, this is what he did through his son Jesus, this is how he interacted with people for thousands of years, this is who he says he is, and this is what he says he's going to do when he comes again. Those are all hugely, hugely important. The Bible is alive. It is a book that is just used by the Spirit of God all the time. I have just seen cool things happen over and over again when people read the Bible. Even people who have never actually been told the gospel from somebody, but they just read it for themselves. They read the Bible and they trust Jesus as a savior because it's all there. The Bible is alive and God wants to speak to us through his word. Not in the hocus pocus ways we've talked about before. If you want to go back to season one and catch up on some of this stuff. Not in where you just flip it open and stick your finger down and say, that's what God's trying to teach me. 
That is not how God wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to us as we use the Bible in the way that it was meant to be used. And so I'm going to talk about that today. How do we do this in a way that's proper, in the way that the Bible is meant to be used, in the way we would use any kind of a book of literature? How do we read this in a way that's healthy and will help us to really find truth? So I think it's interesting for me personally, reading scripture makes the world make sense to me. Ever since COVID started, I have been wandering around in the Minor Prophets. And I haven't spent much time reading the Minor Prophets in years. But I have been in them for eight months now. And they have been amazingly comforting to me. As I look and see how messed up the world has always been, how God is always saying, you got to stop this. You got to stop this. There's going to be consequences. And the prophets are telling the people there are going to be consequences. And then there are consequences. And then he's always telling them, come back to the Lord. Come back. He's full of grace. He's merciful. It's just really comforting just to kind of see, wow, the world has always been a disaster. And that's okay. (laughs) It's broken. It is a broken world that we live in. And that is just how it is until Jesus is going to one day restore it. We're going to live in this broken world. And so I just really enjoyed the Minor Prophets muddling around in there. So let's talk about how do you read a Minor Prophet? Now, recently, my book I've been reading is Zechariah. And I don't think I have read Zechariah in years. I did not remember all the fantastically beautiful prophecies that are in there about Jesus Christ coming the first time. It has just been super fun. So as we go through context, as we begin a book of the Bible, we need to ask ourselves some questions. Context means what's happening around this and how do I read this in a way that I can actually understand it? And so we need to ask some questions. We need to ask what kind of a book is this? Because the Bible is one book, but it's actually made up of 66 other books. Some of them are letters, which you would read differently than you would read books of poetry or songs like the Psalms. Some of them are books of wisdom, which are read completely different than books of history. And you know this if you think about the books that you enjoy reading. You're not going to read a sci-fi novel in the same way that you would read a biography because they're just completely different. And so you're going to go into them with different expectations. And the same thing needs to be true of how we read the Bible because these books are different kinds of books. And you're going to find this specifically in things like Proverbs. And if you look at a book of wisdom, it is a book of sayings that are mostly true. So generally, this is a true thing. The problem people get into is when they try to take the Proverbs and turn them into promises, which they're not. So you have people who will say, well, I raised up my child in the way that he was supposed to go. I brought him to church. I prayed for him. I did all the right things. And he is not still a believer or he's not walking with God. And that proverb said, train up a child in the way you will go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. People take that as a promise. And they're, they're mad about it. And they're upset with God because I trained this child right. And they're not. They're going off the deep end. Well, proverbs are books of wisdom. So generally speaking, if you train up a child correctly, when they're old, they'll stick with it. Generally true. Interesting. So think about what kind of a book are you reading? Are you reading a history book? Are you reading a prophecy? So I've been in Zechariah. I need to know who this prophet was and who he's talking to. Well, I know that he is a prophet from God. 
and he is speaking to the Israelites. And the time period is actually after the captivity. So they have been in captivity to Babylon and now to Azerces for a while. It's been probably 70 years or so that the Israelites have been in captivity. And Israel and Jerusalem are just kind of in ruins right now. And Zechariah is preaching and speaking truth and prophecies to the people of Israel who are rebuilding the city and rebuilding the temple. So it's important to kind of have that background information because it gives you an idea of who the audience is and what they would have originally thought this prophecy book meant. It's really important. You can't just grab things out of context. And I'm going to show you an example of that in a little bit. We need to think about when was it written? Why was it written? The background information and all that stuff before you place your application. So some of you guys know that this last week I was at a writer's conference in North Carolina and I have been trying to write a book for a while now, like six or eight years now since God first told me I felt like he wanted me to write a book and um, it's been a long journey, lots of rejection and change and moving on and the book has changed. But anyway, I was at a writer's conference this last week and while I was there, I was reading Zechariah, and I met an older gentleman from a small publishing company that I had talked to previously over the years, but I always felt like his publishing company was kind of small, and you know I didn't want to go that, that route. But as the years have gone on, and I realized how difficult it is to get into a bigger publishing company, this small publishing company is looking better and better to me. And so... I had had a good conversation with him. He's always been interested in my book. And so we were able to talk again. And he was like, yeah, I'm interested in sending the information. And so I did. And the next morning, I was reading scripture, sitting there with my sister-in-law. We were sharing a room together at this conference. And I just started laughing because, so as I'm reading, it, it says in Zechariah 4, not to despise small things. And so I was looking up a different version. I looked up at the Net Bible, which is one of my favorite sites. And just to see what it said about these small things. And I was like, oh, look, in verse six of chapter four, Zechariah is talking and he says, this is the Lord's message to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the guy that was rebuilding everything, not by strength and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I love that. And as it goes on, verse 10 says, for who dares to make light of small beginnings? These seven eyes will joyfully look on the tin tablet in Zerubbabel's hand. Okay, so I read that wrong, though. The first time I read it, I read thin tablet, not tin tablet, but a thin tablet. And I just started dying laughing because I write on this little tablet. It's a very small tablet. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if I was still the person who didn't understand context and I read that and I said, you know, who dares make light of small beginnings? These seven eyes will joyfully look on the thin tablet in his hand. Then I would be like, this is a prophecy to me. This is a message to me from God. I have a thin tablet. But no, 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 no. Tin, tin tablet, as in a metal, metal. So here's an example of how do we take this and how do we understand what it was talking about? How do we apply this to our lives? Because it's very possible that my book, my small book and my small publishing company, who knows, maybe God will use this and he'll open a door and I'll be able to get this book published. But this is not a prophecy directed to me talking about my thin tablet. <laughs> this is just a message that reminds me of the fact that God has always used small things. And that's a message that I can take from this passage of scripture and apply it across to my life. Because as I look at scripture across the whole, I see verses all throughout the Bible talking about God using these small things. 
that it's not power. It's not might. It's little things. Look at Gideon's army. God just whittled it down to just a couple hundred men. And then he just destroyed the armies of the enemy. We look at the fish and the loaves. And Jesus used just the couple fish and a couple loaves of bread to just go ahead and make enough food for everyone. This is a theme in scripture. And so I can look at that verse in Zechariah 4 and know that even though God is talking to Zerubbabel here about building the temple, and yeah, it's a small start, but go ahead. We're not despising this. It's going to be amazing. That application comes across to me. If you look in the beginning of Corinthians, and Paul talks about God uses the weak things, the things that were nothing. He uses all these little things and these lesser things to go ahead and do beautiful things. And that is exactly just the picture of God. And so we have this understanding of who God is because we understand scripture. Then we can go ahead and apply scripture correctly. Not in that way that I just mentioned if I was like, oh my goodness, my thin tablet, which I didn't even read it right. But that's, I mean, that's how I used to do it, guys. Like it was bad. I look back at some of the ways that I tried to just twist scripture and apply it to my life and say, oh, this is God's word for me. And we just can't do that. It is not an accurate way to read the Bible at all. We need to understand what's happening. What was this originally meant for? What was it originally saying? And then we can take that and apply that to our life. But we have to use good hermeneutics. It's a big word that just means using literature correctly as we are reading scripture. And so I want to encourage you guys, go ahead and dig into the word of God. And it may seem tricky and it may seem confusing. But as I've said before in previous episodes, so much of our misconceptions about scripture are based not on scripture itself, but on things other people have told us about it. And so I would just encourage you, find a translation that's easy for you. There are so many amazing apps out there right now and different Bible translations that you can get on your phone. I love the Net Bible. There is an app for that and there is a website, thenetbible.org. And that's a newer translation that's just excellent. One of my Bible professors is actually part of translating it. And it has so many great study tools available. Excellent study tools right there at your fingertips. All the information you need as you read. Blue Letter Bible is also an amazing website. Great study tools. And so I would just encourage you guys, jump in. Jump into the Word of God. Figure out what it says and what it means and read it for yourself so that you will know when someone's lying, whether it's good intentioned or not. You will be able to say that is not scripture. That is not accurate. And you too can be able to discover the living and true God who is found in his word, who he is, what he's done, what he said, and what he's going to do. All right there. Next week, I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite Bible study methods. This is just a way to read scripture and how to apply it to your life. And we're going to talk about that next time. So until then, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.